Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network, presented by Willem Engineering and also brought to you by Hercules Tire. I'm Hannah Newhouse. Each and every week, Kyle, Ricky, and I bring you the most recent short track racing news, not only here in the States, but also internationally. And Kyle, we're starting to run out of things to talk about when it comes down to it, because we've got series that have crowned their champions, including the Modifieds. The ARCA East champion has been crowned. The NASCAR uh, Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series champion has been crowned. We're starting to dwindle here when it comes down to it. But the ARCA Menard Series, they still have a couple more races. They raced this past weekend at Salem for the Sioux Chief Powerpex 200 presented by Scott County Tourism. Which was the final race in the Sioux Chief Showdown. More on that in a moment. But uh, at the end of the event, we had a new winner in Jesse Love picking up the win past Ty Gibbs on a late race restart in the outside lane, which was impressive to watch uh, there at the Salem Speedway. And I guess you can get away with it there with all the banking around that racetrack. Ty Gibbs ended up finishing second. Rajah Karuth was third. Will Kimmel fourth. And a good run for Gracie Trotter rounding out the top five. We did not mention Corey Heim in the top five. He finished in the seventh spot. And that means Gibbs was able to extend that championship point lead now to 34 points heading to the season finale at Kansas Speedway on October 23rd, which can be heard right here on the Motor Racing Network at 7 p.m. Eastern time that evening, right after the uh, the Xfinity race that day. Yeah, cool to see Jesse Love get that first Arkham Menard Series win. Of course, he's the reigning champion of the West Series, currently leading yep. the West Series points right now. They'll go racing at All-American Speedway this up and coming weekend, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. Uh, and, and cool to see the Venerini car kind of get the win over Gibbs. Gibbs was going for his 11th win of the season, but Jesse Love decided to uh, to put a stop to it. So cool to see another first-time winner in the trend of first-time winners that we really had all across NASCAR's platforms this past weekend we also talked a little bit about of course uh the advanced auto parts weekly series wrapping up their stuff Peyton Sellers of course was declared your division one champion a a few weeks ago we're going to talk to him a little bit later an astounding season that he had uh I mean 37 starts 21 wins we talked to him going into this year mid-season you know Kyle when uh it maybe looked like he still had a chance to be beat but I mean it's official so I'm excited to talk to him a little bit later first championship uh in in the division one platform of of nascar on the short track level in 16 years and and it has changed so much i feel like each year we kind of talk about the the structure of how the champion will be crowned being different uh whether it be by state by region and, and by by the nation as a whole and uh even with all the changes, even with everything that's happened over the last 16 years, he he figured out the formula and, and he did what he needed to do. And that that is ultimately win races in good field of cars and gather as many points as he can. Uh, but I think the other cool thing was, you know, looking at the top five, all the different 
regions that were represented. You know, we had, you know, Todd Patnode in the Northeast and Craig Van Dorn on dirt down in Pennsylvania. Uh, had some guys out in the Midwest right there uh, among the top five as well. So uh, really cool to see all that play out, but uh, great for Peyton to get that uh, second championship. We'll talk to him here in just a few minutes. Yeah, the Division Two through five champions were also announced. Division Two was David Greenslid came home with 11 wins, primarily racing at Hudson, Claremont, Lee USA, and Monadnock, so around the New Hampshire area. Division Three was Chad Baxter collecting six wins, only at the Seekonk Speedway up in Massachusetts. Tom McCarty came home with the Division Four championship, collecting five wins solely at the Berlin Raceway in Michigan. And then Division Five was Chris Vaniswad. Van, I think it's Vaniswad uh, with 12 wins, but he split those between Adams County Speedway and I-80 Speedway out in Iowa. So a lot of drivers putting in a lot of work, both at their home tracks, a lot of them doing that traveling to maintain the wins and the good finishes. Again, Kyle, we talk about it each and every year. The point system, it's a its a whole race within a race. A lot of these guys racing for their track championships, their state championships, uh, but to go and compete at a national level is big. So we'll talk to Peyton Sellers about that Division One championship here shortly. But first, we have your iRacing update presented by Logitech G. Of course, it all comes down to this race. Four drivers now have the chance to win the 2021 eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series Championship. The championship is on Tuesday, October 12th at the virtual Texas Motor Speedway. You can catch all of the action and the iRacing countdown to green at enascar.com backslash live at 8.30 p.m. And the race starting at enascar.com at 9 p.m. Tuesday, October 12th. Go to iRacing.com for all of the latest news, featured videos, and more information on the world of iRacing. This iRacing update is brought to you by Logitech G. Stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Wheeland Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1952. Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to end-game simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing simulation to another level. Go to LogitechG.com. All right, welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. We're now joined by your 2021 Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series champion, that being Peyton Sellers. First and foremost, Peyton, thanks so much for taking some time to hang out with us here on Coast to Coast, and congratulations officially on that championship. Hey, I like the way that sounded, and I appreciate you the intro like that. So I uh, know it's good to be back on with you guys. I know we talked earlier this summer, and we were chasing a national championship, but now to be national champions is definitely something very proud of, you know? Absolutely. And what were, when you got that phone call, when you first got, you know, the notification that, hey, it's secured or honestly, even leading up to it, uh, when you could see the points gap and knew that there was really just no way that it was going to uh, be closed. What were the emotions when you were finally officially given the second championship title? You know, it came down the last month or so. We've been chasing Jason, Jacob Gady. We, we've been 
kind of watching him every week, you know, watching race monitor, watching the internet, watching social media, seeing how he finished here at lacrosse and here at Madison and, and Elko and everywhere in between. And we kept thinking, it's like, you know, time's running out. He's got to get some races in. He had a few more starts than we did all along, but the bulk of their racing comes later in the summer out there. We get started a little bit earlier here in the East. So we had a lot of races in. we had some good numbers up. We had, you know, at the time we had like 15, 16 wins and that was very good. But uh, through the month of, you know, late August, September, we're like, you know what, he's, he's really got to hit some strong numbers here in the next few weeks to, to be in contention going into the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, he was, he was finishing second. He would start 13th and finish second. He would start 10th and finish second. And like he was second and everybody to death. He just couldn't get that final spot. And for us, that's where those bonus points came in. You know, when he would start 13th and get to second, that was a huge uh, bullet dodge for us because if he would have won, he would have gotten four extra bonus points. So, um, you know, into September, we're like, you know, things are looking good. The last race at Dominion, Kevin Nevelinen was there from NASCAR. And it was like, you know, he wanted to say that we were the national champion, but he couldn't. And, and Steve Phelps called last week and said, you know, two weeks ago now and said, you know, we just wanted to congratulate you on behalf of NASCAR and, and give the, the speech there. And to, to finally get that call and just know that, you know, I've raced my whole life. I had a national championship in 2005 as the youngest national champion. And I had the opportunity to go out as a driver. That that was truly a stepping stone for me at the time to be able to go into the, the West series with Richard Childress and the East series after that and, and run some Xfinity and truck races. It propelled me to a different level at that point in my career. Well, to be able to come back, you know, 16 years later and I'm here running our family business right now. I'm, I've got my brother keeping up the cars, my dad's spotting. It's truly a family affair. And we haven't really run for national titles year after year, but we have two or three times and it's just so hard to win these things and put together a season that it takes. And, um, you know, to, this second time around means a lot more as far as just, you know, I'm able to kind of sit here and cherish it a little bit and enjoy it as, as with my family around me. So, uh, before I was young buck trying to win races, using it as a stepping stone to move up. And it did, it did just that it gave me, it propelled me to a national level. And now to be able to sit here and say, you know what, this is pretty neat middle of the day, I get to talk to you guys. I get to do different things that, you know, normally I wouldn't get a chance to do. So um, definitely been, you know, enjoying it a lot more. Hannah and I talked earlier about how the system has changed over the last 16 years, especially. Uh, I, feel, I feel like every year it's tweaked a little on how a, a national champion is determined. Uh, what are some of the big changes that, that you've noticed from 16 years ago to now, as far as how, a national champion is crowned and how this has evolved. So NASCAR is constantly tweaking that, that point system. It used to be a points index system back in the day. Then they went to regions and then they went to the year that I won it in 2005. You had to win your track title in order to win the national title. Well, two weeks before the end of the year, I'm racing door to door with Drew Herring every week. Drew's running second, third to me. He won a bunch of races that year. I was leading the national points, but I was on the brink of losing the track championship. So I, very easily I could have lost the track title, which would have lost the national title for me. So um, they've tweaked that now to where drivers can go to other tracks within their region and gain points. And it, it's a lot easier, I'd say. But um, at the end of the day, you've got to have wins because they've got bonus points now and you've got to start further back to get those bonus points. So it encourages the tracks to do more inverts now. 
like dirt racing. You know, dirt racing did that for years. Well, up until 10 years ago, nobody on asphalt was doing a lot of inverts. So now the tracks are starting to do a lot of inverts and things like that. And um, it's mixed it up. You know, the races are getting shorter now. When I won it the first time, we were running 150 lap shows, 200 lap shows, week in and week out. Well, now we're doing twin 75s, twin 60s at Dominion. And, um, you know, fans want to see that. We all know that, you know, in the last five years, fans are pushing to see shorter races and more exciting. And so when they invert and they do shorten up the race, you know, drivers got to be on the wheel. You've got to use the bumper to get by some guys to get back to the front. So um, the, the point system is is ever evolving. And I think that's just keeping up with the time. So, you know, this year it might be favored toward this this side of the country that does this, but usually they balance it out by the next year to, to make it equal for everybody. I truly feel that guys at Irwindale, Lacrosse, South Boston, New Smyrna, you know, everywhere in between, they've got a pretty fair shot right now. As long as the weather holds out and they've got an opportunity to get in, you know, 25 shows, they can have an equal opportunity to win a national title right now the way it is. It's been fun to cover the last couple of years. Like Kyle said, uh, there were times where we were using calculators and spreadsheets and uh, making phone calls midweek to NASCAR going, okay, explain this. And I feel like, like you said, we finally have kind of found a little common denominator with it. Uh, that difference between the first championship and now, how has the competition level kind of changed um, on a local level and in regards to having that national competition? So when I won it the first time, I was a young guy. I was the, the 18, 19-year-old guy racing week in and week out. And I was running against guys like, um, you know, Denny Hamlin, Timothy Peters, Woody Howard, who won a lot of Pro Cup races and, you know, good short track racers, Philip Morris, Barry Beggarly. Um, you know, a lot of guys that are that are legends in this area that have went on to the bigger levels and different different things. And that's just a few of the drivers, you know, like Drew Herring. I was competing against him for my national title. We all know Drew's works for Gibbs and he's he's had a good career. He's a heck of a driver. And, um, you know, there's been a, a lot of changes in the series from from then. Then you had guys running as a career in late model stock racing. Now, stepping stone. There's not many guys running late models year after year right now. So the new faces coming in and out is definitely changing more now because young drivers come in, they race a year or two, they leave, they move up, then they move out if they don't make it. They're chasing more to be a driver. I think back in the day, drivers raced because they loved it. It was a passion. There was a lot more respect on the track. You know, back then we'd race 150 lap race. You had to keep the fenders on. You couldn't just go in there and jack a guy sideways to pass him because you knew once you wore your tires out and got in front of him, he was going to be back to your bumper again. So it's a different respect level. Um, you know, it's, it's the age is definitely dropping. You know, you got Landon Pimbleton, he's 16 years old. He's, he's you know, beating door-to-door with me week in and week out for wins right now. So um, the talent is, is there today, but the ages have definitely changed throughout the time. But, um, you know, it's harder to get sponsorship. It's harder to put deals together right now to be able to run, like, as much as we have this year. I've got good sponsors behind us that have stuck with us for years. Um, Clarence's Steakhouse was with me in the first championship in 05 and they're back with me, you know, they're with me still in, in 21. So, um, it's hard to find those kind of partnerships that just kind of stick it out with you year after year. You mentioned Landon more on him in a moment, but, uh, you also mentioned the schedule and, and how it's hard to, to do this more now than, than 16 years ago. Uh, we talked mid summer about some, maybe some schedule adjustments. I mean, were there any? 
as you got toward August and, and September and closed in on those final weeks of this national championship run, trying to trying to maximize those points? So last year was such an odd year with COVID. Me and Josh Berry both ended up running first and second in national points. I don't think even anybody had national points on their radar until the middle to end of July. And all of a sudden, me and Josh Berry realized, hey, we can run for a national title. So we started finding Friday night shows and Sunday afternoon shows and everywhere we could go. And we'd race at Langley on Friday, on Saturday night, and then drive to Southern National on Sunday, trying to make shows and get points. And, uh, you know, it was a different environment. This year, we were able to start off earlier, kind of kind of start the trend and just race twins every week. And we didn't have to do anything crazy this year. By, by having some wins early on, it put us in a comfort level to where we said, you know what? We're not going to go find a Kingsport on Friday night or a Southern National on Sunday or Wake County on Friday. We're not going to go out and do stupid stuff right now. We're not going to go out and, you know, spend money that we didn't have trying to chase this thing. If the cards are meant to be, they'll fall into place. And we were able to run twins every week between South Boston and Dominion. We squeezed in a couple of big shows at Langley and different things like that. But we just raced, you know, one, one event per week. And, uh, that that was a lot easier on everybody, to be quite honest with you. Um, you know, I, I'd be here and get get our business going on Friday morning. And we'd take off and go practice and then race on Saturday, back home on Sunday. So the schedule was easier this year. It was longer. We raced more races, but they were all just one per weekend. And, um, you know, it made it a lot easier on everybody, truthfully. So. I'm sure that helped uh, the balancing act of, like you said, uh, got a business going and that includes housing and, you know, kind of helping some up and coming developmental drivers, including Landon Pendleton, who we actually had on the show last week, talking about that big win at Martinsville, Valley Star Credit Union 300. Uh, what a cool story there. But what has it been for you as a driver to, in some instances, kind of take a back seat and coach and teach these young kids that are coming up, but also get the opportunity to race with them on the racetrack? So our shop this year has been been really busy. We've got Daniel Silvestri that's running around the car store. He won Dominion a few weeks ago in the car store. He qualified on a pole at Martinsville. Uh, Landon Pimbleman has won, you know, racing South Boston this year. Me and him went door to door that whole night racing, and he beat me. And then I'm very proud of him because I didn't give him an end. I used him up. I raced him as hard as I could possibly race him, and he come out the victor. And and he has done an excellent job. But when his dad, his dad used to drive for us years ago. And when Landon kind of went through go-kart racing, I always, you know, was kind of keeping up with him, following him and to see him grow from racing the, the sportsman division last year to moving up to late. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. He's here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at ZonePouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Models this year, 
he is a true rookie. This kid has, has got no experience in late models until this year. And um, he has just developed. He's done an excellent job. We've been able to get his cars better each week. He's getting better with his feedback, knowing what he needs. And his race skill on a track has gotten better each week by racing up front. So it's very fulfilling to me to see young drivers doing well coming out of our shop. Don't get me wrong. It's good for our business. It, it, our product is what happens on the racetrack. But we were very fortunate this year. We had two kids with Landon Thimble and Daniel Silvestri that were able to put up numbers. And, you know, while you might not have heard of them throughout the year, they were still racing and doing well. But at Martinsville, when it's kind of our biggest stage of the year, it's our Daytona 500. I was fastest in final practice. Daniel qualified on the pole and Landon won. Like, what more could you ask for out of our shop? So um, it proved that HC and all the guys out here in the shop are, are doing their homework and working hard and putting up good numbers. But on the same token, we've got good drivers fulfilling those seats and, and making us shine too. I feel like they get younger every year. And I think I feel like they, they catch on quicker every year as well. It's amazing the young talent uh, that is out there right now uh, throughout you know, all the short tracks and, and including in your shop. Yeah, you know what's very odd? Like when I grew up racing, we had go-karts. And then you might go to a micro sprint or you might go to a legends car, but people didn't do a lot of legends car. It was kind of getting bigger, but you know, it's kind of still the unheard of a little bit. You, you mainly went into a hobby stock or a grand stock or something like that. If you're local short track nowadays, they've got these legends nationals all over the countries and legends car drivers make good race car drivers because they've got so much horsepower. They've got no tire. They just make good stock car drivers. All the guys that I'm seeing right now that are shining in, late model stock racing come out of legends cars. So I think that's as good a breeding ground right now as there could possibly be. Go-kart racing is fun. Don't get me wrong. We all enjoy that. And it's good at a younger age, but the legends car just teaches you so much about throttle control and things like that. You know, obviously the dirt world is, is a big opportunity for that with sprint cars and things like that. But there's a lot of legends guys right now that are doing well at the next level. And a legend alumni, Bubba Wallace, getting his first win over the weekend as well. Uh, Peyton, again, congratulations. Always good to catch up with you. We look forward to, of course, watching not only your success over the next year or so, but, um, of course, your drivers as well that we, you know, get to root for as we watch their career. So congratulations. And, again, thanks for taking some time to uh, hang out with us here on Coast to Coast. Absolutely, guys. We appreciate it. And just thank NASCAR for the opportunity to have this weekly short track series that gives guys like me the opportunity to compete at a platform that, um, you know, with advanced auto parts coming on board, it's a lot of, lot of uh, opportunities there for young racers to get in the weekly short track series and uh, perform and, and compete at this level. So uh, thank you guys for having us on, and we just look forward to hopefully representing NASCAR and doing well with it. Absolutely. Again, we want to thank Advanced Auto Parts as well, because like you said, without them, we wouldn't be able to do this. And uh, Kyle and I always look forward to covering this throughout the summer as well. Again, guys, Peyton Sellers, your 2021 Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series Champion. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got your Wheelan Engineering Modified Driver Spotlight. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Wheelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. 
sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Get back to NASCAR roots by driving headfirst into the new home of grassroots racing. Flow Racing keeps the original NASCAR tradition of dirt track racing roaring with more than 1,300 live and on-demand oval events from across the U.S. Learn how the next generation of NASCAR drivers is prospected in sprint car racing. Subscribe today by going to flowracing.com slash go MRN. That's floracing.com forward slash go MRN. Time now for this week's Wheel and Engineering Modified Driver Spotlight. And today, again, we're going to feature another driver that has found a lot of success up in the northeast region of the country, where the Modifieds are most prominent, including an SK Light champion at the Stafford Motor Speedway. He's found success in tour-type Modifieds and in the SK Modifieds as well. Marcello Raffrano joins us. Marcello, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. 21 years old from North Haven, Connecticut. In fact, I think you just turned 21 recently. Right. How did uh, how did that celebration go for you? Uh, Do I, I'm afraid I don't to ask. We can talk about that. <laughs> exactly. No. Uh, well worth it. Well worth the wait. Yeah. No. I'm uh, I haven't got much time to celebrate lately. I've uh, been busy, pretty busy with what we got going on here at uh, TFR. Um, been getting a new car done. Um. We actually made our debut with it this past Friday at Stafford Motor Speedway. Um, you know, not quite the expectations we had going into it. Um, obviously, it's a new car. It was a fresh notebook for us. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of expected something like this to happen. But, I mean, you know, we're just kind of building a notebook now. I, I can't see how we're not going to be able to get in the right direction here pretty soon. But, um, you know, I just, better uh, than that in work, uh, that's pretty much been taking up most of my time. Let's, uh, we're going to talk about the current stuff here in a moment, but let's go back to where it all began. What got you involved in motorsports and, and ultimately wanting to become a race car driver all those years ago? Uh, well, my father was always involved in uh, racing in general. Uh, started off with drag racing. Um, he actually got involved in drag racing through uh, the Greco family. They actually had a raced at Stafford Motor Speedway in the late model division with uh, the Shark, uh, Billy Greco. And um, he worked in the machine shop over there, uh, at Greco machine, um, kind of just worked his way up through that and uh, stuck with drag racing for a little bit. And then as soon as he started getting older, he kind of was getting out of it. And then um, Keith Rocco came knock on his door one day, asking for sponsorship money and kind of like dragged them into circle track. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the story kind of goes from there, you know, I mean, uh, you know, multiple, multiple wins later, championships and national championship and pretty much everything else involved with racing, you know, I mean, just been involved with circle track racing this whole time. He loves it. Um, I think he's kind of glad he got caught into it because uh, I, don't, I don't think he would be passing much time as he did now because he is involved with racing a lot, especially with me now. Um yeah, you know, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to think what my life wouldn't be if Keith Rocco didn't come knocking on my door or my father's business that day. So do you remember your, your first race, uh, the first time you ever sat in the seat of a race car? Where was it and, and how'd you do? So uh, I got involved with the uh, Monday night program at Stafford Motor Speedway. Um, 
I kind of got involved uh, going to Friday nights, you know, just kind of pretty much how everyone else pretty much starts to get the itch. And then uh, they pretty much find some type of way to get involved in the racing, whether it's, you know, working on the cars or going out and racing. I mean, uh, Wade Gagner actually worked with us closely in getting involved with the Monday night program. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we built that first card of ours and went out and actually had Jeff Rocco come out and help us for the first couple of nights so I can get the use of it. And story kind of goes from there, you know, they just uh, kind of worked our way through the Monday night program, uh, progressed through the ranks, through the Tiger B's, Tiger A's, and then the juniors. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, just other than that, I mean, going to Friday nights and watching racing, that's kind of how I fell in love with the sport and actually, like, get involved with it in racing. You've mentioned the Monday night program. That's uh, a wild thing cart program that Wade and Sandy Gagner own and, and promote, and it's been going on for decades at the Stafford Motor Speedway, has groomed a lot of the the then young drivers into uh, the bigger track action at Stafford on Friday nights. You're six years into the, the big track racing at Stafford. It started with a street stock. When you got in the full fendered car, did you always have that goal of the modified? Uh, naturally, at first, yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what I always wanted to go into. Um, what stuck with me most growing up was watching, uh, you know, Teddy and Keith in the SK Modifies. But even more so was uh, watching the Wheel and Modified Tour, actually. You know, I just felt that kind of nostalgia just going to the racetrack. And it just kind of gave you... Uh, like a better way to explain it, like a, a heartwarming feeling, like watching them guys go out and battle like that. It kind of like uh, made it a big stage for us on the short track. And, you know, growing up watching, you know, the old blue and, uh, you know, Santos and Kobe and all them guys, you know, watching them grow up, uh, that kind of meant more to me than anything rather than racing. You know, I just, when I watched SK racing, I kind of focused more towards Keith and Teddy. That's all I watched. But when I watched tour race and I didn't have one particular person, you know, I kind of just watched all of it. And I, I loved that I drank it in. And that's kind of what I always wanted to stick my foot into. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I started with street stocks. I knew I had to make my way somewhere. So I, I couldn't we, we kind of settled on that going in because uh, it kind of seemed the easiest way to go about it. You can build your own motors I mean, build the car, you know, easiest way to get in there mechanically and like learning how to work on the cars and how to set them up and just kind of it was a simpler way to go about it rather than like throwing yourself right into the sharks going with the SK lights. But then you did progress to the SK light modifieds and you are a, a former champion in that division, probably one of the most dramatic championship battles we have seen in, in quite some time. Hard to believe it's already been three years since that battle between you and, and Brian Narducci. How special uh, was that year and that championship for you? Uh, year was storybook, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, going back now, I mean, being seasoned now, I, I probably made a couple of mistakes on my part that probably could have made the championship a little bit easier attainable. And I'm sure Brian's got, you know, plenty of days that he wish he could have changed too. But, you know, in the moment, I mean, that was, uh, it was pretty special. Uh, we had a lot of success that year, a lot of wins and just a lot of repeat wins too on top of that. Um, I just think, I don't think it was more, um, setup wise that we figured out I think it was more driver I mean the first year you know I, I kind of I figured it out but I wasn't really pushing the issue I didn't really have uh I didn't really have the comfortability with the car you know and then going into my second full-time season I kind of just 
went into it as like as a a regular Monday night. Like if uh, I was racing go karts again, I just kind of muscled the car around per se. I, I had a lot more comfortability with it, and I was able to do a lot more with it. And uh, obviously, we got better with the car and uh, setup wise, and just kind of learned a lot. So I I can't say that you know the competition wise was good too because Brian really made us work harder and he really uh, he kind of stepped it up or made us step out of our game. You know, not saying that before it wasn't tough, but it just made it tougher. And I thought it made it a lot more fun. You know, at least I had someone to go out there and race against and compete and battle with. And then the competition and the game steps up even more when you move to the SK Modifieds. Uh, 11 wins and a couple seasons in the SK Lights. Still looking for that first win in the SKs. Uh, how would you kind of describe your first now three years, two and a half years, if you include 2020, uh, running just yeah. half last year? But uh, how would you include the, how would you describe these last couple of years, you know, moving into arguably one of the toughest short track divisions in the country, at least on asphalt? Yeah, well, not going to say it's not a struggle. I mean, uh, I, I mean, it's it's it hasn't been the easiest transition. Um, I I want to put most of the blame on me, but I know I. I know we haven't had the best car and I can just know by the feel of it and how, how far off it just seems we are from other people. You know, I just not saying that we're not working hard enough. It just seems like we've been straying off in the wrong direction. Um, you know, I, I've definitely learned a lot as a driver, you know, competing in the SK Modifieds. And, you know, I know these guys going there every week have the same mentality. They want to go out and win that race and they do everything that they do to like at all costs to go out there and try and win that race. So I try not to be down on myself too much. Cause you know, I mean, you look at Michael Christopher, Michael Christopher struggled a lot of years in the SKM modifieds before he became the driver that he is now, you know, part of that being, you know, yeah, he learned a lot those couple of years and um, you know, they bettered themselves as like drivers and, you know, as far as setup and everything, you know, they, it takes every, it takes a a good driver and a good car to really mesh together and, you know, create that success. You know, obviously you're going to have your up and down seasons, you know, you're going to have those seasons where you're unbeatable and those seasons where you're like, what the hell am I even showing up to the racetrack for kind of seasons, you know? And, you know, part of it, I just, I watched Keith through the years and I watched him struggle a lot and I watched him go from, 10 win seasons to one win seasons, you know, that was kind of hard to grasp, you know, because when I was younger, I would go to the racetrack and I'd be like, well, obviously we're going to take a picture tonight because Keith's going to win. That's kind of how I figured it like, like that. Obviously I didn't understand at the time. I just thought Keith was just that much better than everyone else. But, you know, obviously growing up and learning more aspects of the sport that that's not the case, you know, you got to be a hundred percent everywhere and, he'll be the first one to tell you and everyone else in the period would be the one to tell you, you know? So I'm, I'm sure we're going to figure it out here pretty soon. You know, I, I think we got really good leadership here with Robbie Fuller. And I, I think, you know, this past month up here building this car with these guys, it, it's just uh, opened my mind and how, how much this sport has evolved through the years, you know, just watching the different components going in these race cars now and how they set them up and just how they go about going into a race, you know, makes us like almost seem like yeah we've been behind the eight ball like we've been stuck on the same stuff we've been doing for god knows how many years and these guys just opened my brain to so much and you know it's going to be a big learning experience and hopefully it pays off what's next uh for you or what do you hope 
is next for you. Obviously, uh, you know, all the focus has been on the SK modified. You have a, a tour type modified win at Stafford uh, last year. Uh, where do you hope 2022 and beyond brings you in, in, you know, in modified racing? Well, I mean, I, I've just been so focused on SK modified racing these past couple of years. It's kind of, I, I want to be great in SK modified racing before I want to start moving on to other divisions. You know, I mean, we run really good in the open car, which kind of like keeps my head up knowing that if I can compete with those guys in the open modifies, I can't see why I can't do that with the SK modifieds, you know, uh, it's just, we're not clicking somewhere in the SKs and pretty soon we're going to figure it out. We just figured out the open car, I think a little bit quicker than, uh, than other people thought we would, you know, and I try not to ride my head too high on that because at the end of the day, you get a big wake up call. If you show up to the racetrack and those guys figure something else out, they'll make you chase your tail pretty quick. So, I mean, not saying that we shouldn't focus on that, but I, I think, once we start running better in SKs, I'll feel a little bit better about myself moving up. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, can't really look down upon myself. Uh, I kind of got to take the good and the bad with it. Um, you know, that's just pretty much it. I mean, I'd love to try and get out and do some more open shows. I feel like I run a lot better in them shows than I do uh, in the SK shows. And I think part of that, like I said, was with the car and how we got it figured out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think we're just pretty much going to stick with SK racing here at Stafford. Um, you know, I've been wanting to stray out back to the Waterford and Thompson, but, you know, I just, we've been, we've been so like mindset on getting good at Stafford. We just haven't really had the, you know, the relaxing time to go out and I guess go out and play at Waterford or play at Thompson. So I think once we figure ourselves out, we'd be a little bit more susceptible to going out and racing other tracks and competing in other divisions. No doubt a lot of options up here when it comes to modified racing in New England, uh, but uh, trying to figure out that home track first at the Stafford Motor Speedway on Friday nights. Marcello, thanks for joining us here. I know it's right in the middle of the work day for you, so we'll let you get back to work, and uh, thank you uh, for, for the time. Thank you for having me. Marcello Rafano, this week's Wheel and Engineering Modified Driver Spotlight here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to end-game simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing... The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Simulation to another level. Go to logitechg.com.
Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. A lot of international racing expected this up and coming weekend. Of course, we already crowned that Pinty Series champion up in Canada, but the NASCAR Peak Mexico Series has another round of racing this upcoming weekend at Oval Aqua Calientes. They have three weekends left in their championship. They'll crown their champion on December 5th in Puebla. And then also the NASCAR Euro Series heads to Circuit Zolder this weekend, a doubleheader for them, the 9th and the 10th. Their championship race at the tail end of this month, October 30th and 31st at NASCAR GP Italy. And then Kyle, of course, the ARCA West Series headed to All-American Speedway for the Napa Auto Care 150 presented by Burko Redwood on October 9th. The point standings right now in the ARCA West Series, closest we've seen in a long time amongst the top six 23 points separating your leader of Jesse Love and sixth of Trevor Huddleston. Yeah, and uh, right at the top, seven points between Jesse Love and Jake Drew in a run for that championship. Just 14 back to Cole Moore. Joey East, 15 back. Paul Pedrincelli, 15 points back as well. So two races to go. Uh, They'll wrap it up on championship weekend for for the NASCAR National Series at a couple weeks' time at the Phoenix Raceway. Hard to believe we're already uh, talking about that weekend being this close, but it is just over a month away, and uh, that's when the ARCA West Series will also crown their 2021 champion. And yeah, Kyle, we've actually seen a lot of uh, short track racing, not only this upcoming weekend, but over the next couple weeks, kind of, that have seen postponements still due to the lovely tire shortages that we're dealing with. Yeah, the Hoosier, the Hoosier tire shortage has been something that uh, most short tracks have had to deal with at all levels. Even go-karts up here in the Northeast have had to, to limit their tires uh, over the course of the summer months. Most of the clubs got through the season with no real issues, but uh, New Smyrna Speedway announcing recent, recently that they are canceling the rest of their 2021 pro late model and super late model events. Uh, the Clyde Hart Memorial, also a part of that uh, cancellation, or I guess that would be a postponement, along with the Heart to Heart Breast Cancer Foundation event uh, for their super late models. They will be run next year uh, as part of the World Series of Asphalt Racing next February. They'll just uh, move those events from the tail end of this year to the beginning of 2022. And then Hickory Motor Speedway uh, down in North Carolina just announced that the fall brawl also postponed due to the tire shortage. They will now run on Saturday, November 6th. It'll include a 200-lap event for the late models, 100 laps for the limited late models, 75 for the pro late models, and 30 for the street stocks. So uh, hopefully 
things improve by then and they can get that full race program in with no issues. Yeah, looking forward to uh, actually seeing the Heart to Heart and the Clyde Hart Memorial move to World Series, uh, yeah. just adding to the extra hype of, of course, the Modified Tour now yep. starting their point season off. You know, we usually see the addition of an ARCA East race down there as well. So uh, the hype around Speed Weeks continues to build, and it's absolutely wild to think that it's only a couple months away actually kind of makes me a little sick to my stomach to think that it's only a couple of months away that we will restart the NASCAR season uh, down in Florida. So again, we want to send a congratulations to Peyton Sellers on another national championship here in the Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series. Uh, and best of luck to all of the drivers over the next weekend. And congratulations to Jesse Love on his ARCO win as well. We'll recap it all next week for you here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. I'm Hannah Newhouse for Kyle Ricky and producers Craig Moore. We'll see you guys next week.